Greetings and welcome to the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. If you're new to the show, this is a long-form podcast where I sit down with guests and we just have a conversation. Now, these conversations are not scripted. They are raw and real. There's no editing. So wherever they go, they go. So hopefully you guys will enjoy the conversations as much as I know that I will. Today's episode is brought to you by nobody. Because let's be honest, nobody likes to hear ads. We all just put up with it because we think we have to. Well, you know what? I decided let's not do that for the time being and see how we get along. So let's get into what we all came here for, the actual episode. All right, folks, today we have back with us my jiu-jitsu instructor, Shannon White. And he wanted to come back on the show and talk about all the things that you need to know to start jiu-jitsu. So we first started off with a lot of the questions that he gets all the time about his gym, how he runs it, the cost of uh, membership, uh, how classes are structured, all that kind of normal stuff. And then we also got in the questions that you should be asking. All of the questions that he asks when he's going to train somewhere else, like if he's traveling or something like that. So those are the questions that he finds to be most important that he thinks that obviously you should be asking as well. And then also we got into some red flags of things to watch out for that if you see, run. Don't walk, run away and find a different gym to go to. But without any more of me rambling on, let's get right into the episode. So please sit back, strap in and enjoy our conversation. Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hess, and today we have back with us my jiu-jitsu instructor, Mr. Shannon White. Shannon, how are we doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back. We definitely got a lot of good reviews from the last time you were on. Everyone seemed to enjoy that, kind of the uh, getting to know you a little bit. So if you guys have not listened to that, please stop it here, go back, listen to that one, and then come back to this one. So uh, currently, uh, we're still in the middle of the whole pandemic of 2020 crisis yada 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 uh how long have you been back open now so we have been open since may 26th we were allowed to officially open back up um you know we've been open now for close to so close to three months um luckily to say you know thankfully we've had no health problems with anyone um you know none at all so you know because yeah, sure. you've been back to full class yep. everything just rolling like usual yeah exactly super fortunate to be back you know a lot of states are still closed down you know california's had you know a lot of problems um nevada you know a lot of gyms in las vegas have been on the shutdown so it, it's really difficult but you know we're very fortunate to be back up and running here and like i said we've had no issues so you know we're super fortunate yeah, but also it's like you got a good group of people. It's like the same people most times. Not not lots of new people coming in, rolling, which right. is which has been good. Um, I mean, there'll probably be more of that is like if schools don't open back up, right? Yeah, but I think it, it's going to be an influx of kids. I think really, it's going to be the next like because if kids can't play sports. Parents are going to want to do something. Yeah, they're going to be like, get these kids out of my house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Get this <laughs> kid so out true. of my house. Man. It's so true. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's going to be like the next. Um, you know, kind of big influx of people into the gym are going to be kids who sports got, you know, postponed or canceled. And, you know, it's very unfortunate, but, you know, it's, it's, it's great for the gym, of course, but I feel for them in a sense of like these kids have worked, you know, they're, you know, they're, I mean, they're, that's what hurt me so whatever, bad yeah. last year. It's like coming into the end of wrestling season, the things kind of started to happen. I remember I was, right. I was getting my beard trimmed 
And my barber was saying his son is a senior who was wrestling, yep. and he didn't get to go to the state tournament because they canceled it. I'm right. like, oh, that's just hurts. It's heart-wrenching. It hurts my heart. Yeah, you know, this does. kid has wrestled his entire life. He's not going to go on to college. He's not good enough. He made it to the state you know, championship or finals or whatever tournament, whatever it is. I don't know exactly in wrestling. But he didn't get to go because they canceled it. It was like, he'll never wrestle again. And, right. they, and they took that away. It's like, if they don't let parents go, they don't let people go, I get that. Yeah, but let the kids like, compete. But let them compete. Yeah, let the kids compete. It just, oh, it hurt my heart. Yeah, it sucks. So, man. it would be good to see more kids in the gym, though. Yeah. Honestly, class this morning was adorable. <laughs> with yeah. With little ones running oh, around. Oh, yeah. It always is. They're great. Uh, so, before we get uh, started too much here, please tell people uh, where your gym at. Where's, yeah, where your gym at. Where your gym is at. How they can... Uh, Get a hold of you, social media, all that kind of good stuff. Right. So uh, I own True Art Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It's located in Fairlawn, Ohio. Um, you can contact us on social media at True Art BJJ. That is our handle on Instagram, uh, True Art Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu on Facebook. Uh, we have email, TrueArtBJJ at gmail.com. Um, our phone number and all that's listed on our website. Uh, so if you guys have any questions, interested in getting into Jiu-Jitsu, you can give me a call. I'll get back to you as soon as possible if I'm not able to you know, speak to you on the phone right away, but I will get back to you, and uh, we'll get you on the mat and have some fun. And dare I say, it is the uh, most competitive gym in Northeast Ohio, soon to be all of Ohio. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of pride myself on that reputation. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of guys in there that, that you know, men and women that, that train very hard, and um, you know, it's a reputation that I'm very proud of to have in the jiu-jitsu community. Are you know, it's just a group of really tough people that come together in a real small, tiny room in a plaza on the second floor. But man, they're some of the toughest people that I know. It's all you need, and yeah, that's it, man. You don't you don't have to have you know, you don't have the, to have like a fancy gym out in no, Vegas and world class no, this and that. No. And nope. Just like in Rocky Four, <laughs> you know? need a barn. Yeah, exactly. You need a barn with some, you know, just some workout stuff in it. And really, that's it. But, Luckily, you know, the gym's qu- quite a lot nicer than that. It is. Yeah, you know, it's, we're no, we're very fortunate to have a, you know, nice gym, and you know, it's 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 definitely, uh, you know, a blessing to have, you know, so many good people around me. You know, both, you know, parents who train and just the the men and women that come in there every single day that work hard to get better jujitsu and and to be a part of it. it's really awesome. It's a good spot. So you guys are looking for a place to train, that is certainly a good option. Well, today we're going to get into the need to know about jujitsu. So if you're new, this is for you. And if you're not, this should hopefully be a good refresher of what you should be looking at and also helping friends and family and all that kind of good stuff when they get started too. So let's go ahead and get started with some general questions that you probably get all the time. Yeah. So and- we have, you know, we have constantly people calling the gym, you know, inquiring, even, even during, you know, the pandemic right now, but even before the pandemic, people call the gym, email the gym quite a bit, um, just with random questions on how to get started. What do I need to do in order to get signed up? And probably some of the most frequent questions that I get, probably the first and foremost one is the, uh, facility itself, like the, the training. So they want to know, what they can expect when they come through the door. Are, am I a competitive gym? Uh, do I have uh, older people in there? Are there is it just you know under, guys under twenty five that are training? Um, do I allow kids to train? That's probably the most common question that you get because which seems like a good question to ask. Yes, because you don't want to go somewhere. Maybe right. if like if you're not a twenty five year old killer who's looking to compete. Right. If that's like all that the gym has. Yeah. Exactly. So. It's one of those, like, it's very important to ask that question because, again, like you said, someone who's 45 years old that maybe hasn't done anything physical for, 
you know, 15, 20 years. Yeah, and maybe they just want to get back out, lose right. some weight, right. maybe get some more flexibility, right. gain some strength. Right. Just do something active. Most, most gyms are a mix of uh, competitors, hobbyists, and there's like people that are in between. They don't really know if they want to ever compete, but they like to train hard. And then there's guys that just come because they want to learn jujitsu and they just love the atmosphere. Yeah. Which is great. You know, I'm not like... You, it's very difficult to just have competitors because those guys can train really, really hard, but not everyone can train like that all the time. So you have a lot of injuries. Um, you know, there's just stuff is happening all the time in training. That, yeah, but also that's just a very small population right, exactly, of the general exactly. population because like, we see that a lot in weightlifting. Exactly, it's like yeah, we've got a bunch of kids who come in who might have national level talent, but they're going to come in sparsely. There might be only be like two or three at the gym at one time. And like coach has, like, you know, we have to have more people than that to have, have people to keep the lights on. Right. You know, so you have to have the other people who are just local meat lifters or maybe older people want to be active again and do all the same kind of things. Right. Just like jujitsu. So it's like those people pay the bills so your competition team can, you know, hopefully win championships. Yeah, they can do well. And, you know, for a lot of people, I think it's, it's really cool to be on the same mat at the same time with them. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you know, we have fundamental classes, you know, where you come in and it's the basics, right? Which is the foundation that you have to have for jujitsu. But it's really cool that a white belt can come on the mat with a high level purple belt and now, now be for in the those same are, training. For those people who don't understand the belt structure, how does that work in jujitsu? So, you know, everyone starts as a white belt. You know, it's the first belt that you get when you walk in the gym. You know, you start as a white belt, then you go to blue belt, purple belt, brown belt, then black belt. You know, that, obviously, most people are familiar with black belt from right. karate's and movies and all that right. kind of stuff. So people realize that we don't have nearly as many belts in jiu-jitsu. Yes, and karate is much more belts. If I yeah, understand exactly, correctly. there's a lot. More I've not belts. done it, so I don't know. But it, I, I understand there's like almost twice as much. If there's not a more. lot. Yeah, it allows you to move through the belt system faster, so the promotions are quicker. I think so. If and it's I, geared towards kids, that makes perfect sense. It because you want to keep them active, you want to keep them engaged right you want them to work for something the problem i think like with uh with that that you run into at least in 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 karate is that you have people that strictly only do it for the ranking of the belt right whereas in jiu-jitsu you know the average time it takes to become a blue belt is about two years and that's consistent training so kind of going into another really common question i get is if i train you know and these people maybe have a little bit of knowledge of jiu-jitsu you know, I mean, they either Googled or they, they heard they, it on podcasts yeah, or they, they watched like, a documentary. Well, it seems like that's become so popular nowadays. You hear people like on Joe Rogan or like uh, Cleared Hot with Andy Stump or the Jocko podcast. You yeah. have all these people saying, hey, like I heard about Jiu-Jitsu on the Joe Rogan show. I heard about it on the Jocko podcast or I heard you talk about it on Cleared Hot, Andy. This is so cool. So it's like like more and more people are going to check it out because like they hear these people talking about it, how awesome it is because, well, it is. Right. You know, it's like any, anybody who thinks you're a badass, like, uh, go to a jujitsu gym. Yeah. Like me being, like, at the time I did my first class, I was over 300 pounds. I was lifting competitively. I was strong as shit. Cardio was not there. Let's be honest. Cardio to no, weightlifters. No cardio. Cardio to weightlifters is like a foreign language. It's, it's like, like, what are you like, talking about? It's like four stairs. That's yeah, cardio. Yeah, exactly. But like, I came into class and I literally got my ass kicked by the instructor of East Coast Martial Arts, where you used to train right. at as well. Like uh, Chad, and it's like he's 150 pounds soaking, soaking wet. wet. Yeah, and it's like he manhandled me. I'm like, right. this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like I need to learn this. Yeah, and that's in and, and honestly, and for us as an instructor, when those people come in, they kind of go one of two ways when they get their ass kicked. They kind of 
come back with the right attitude of, I need to learn this, or the other half are just kind of like, I don't like it, and they kind of... It's not so much a, like a, a, a shot to their ego. Oh, it's it just, certainly is a shot to their ego. I, you know, I think I think it is in in a small amount, but I think for a lot of them, I th- at least from what I see, is that they realize they have so much to learn, and that is like almost an like an insurmountable task. Yeah, overwhelming task that they're not going to be able to do. And there's like, I don't know if I'm going to be willing to put as much time and effort into jujitsu to get to where this guy is. I don't know if I'm going to have that time, or do I want that? Do I do I really want to do that? So, like, going back to what we were saying, like, getting a blue belt. Like, a blue belt to me in jiu-jitsu is I can put you in any position in jiu-jitsu. So, the dominant positions that we talk about. So, like, stand-up, which is where we go for the takedown. Okay, we try to get the fight on the ground. Okay? The close guard, side control, the mount, the back. Okay? If I can put you in those positions and you can intelligently explain to me there how to escape, transition go for a submission attack or simply just um like just you have to intelligently intelligently explain to me how to move throughout those spots and but technically at the same time explain to me how these positions work to me that's a blue belt that's yeah. someone who has knowledge of the basic positions of jiu-jitsu now granted it takes on average like we always say like I love when people ask they say well like how long does it take for the average person to become a black belt let's just you know and I, like, it's always a funny joke. We would say like, the average person does not become a black belt in jujitsu, right? Yeah. You have to be a little nuts, which <laughs> which is okay, you know. Yeah. But to be a blue belt, it takes on average training two three times a week, roughly around two years. I would say that's probably the solid timeline to have a really good solid base and understanding of grappling in order to get to that point. Because I mean, like personally, I would think it'd really be more like three to four days a week. Yeah. Because if you go two days a yeah. week. It's probably going to take you more yeah, than two years absolutely. to get there. If you, if you want to get really good at jiu-jitsu really fast, quit your job, train every day, twice a day, you'll get really good. Yeah, and obviously most people can't do no, that. No, most people cannot do that. You know, but training, cons- consistency is the most important thing to understand when you're starting jiu-jitsu is because you have to go and be in class to learn. You can't get good. I always tell the guys at the gym, you can't get good at jiu-jitsu from the couch. Like you can't get good at jiu-jitsu in your house. You have to physically come to class and be around other people who are like-minded, who want to train, who want to learn, that are hungry for information, and you have an instructor that cares about teaching you. And yeah. that's how you get good. Because it doesn't matter how much you read or how many videos you watch. If you can't go to the gym and apply those things, you're not going to be good. Exactly. Period. Exactly. Exactly. And th- and that's so like it's 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 like that in anything though. Like if you take someone who trains. It could be any sport, any type of activity. Take someone, let them train five days a week, and let the other guy train once a week. The guy who trains five times is going to get significantly better faster than uh, the other dude. Say about five times faster. Yeah, I mean, literally, it's, he's going to get his growth is going to be exponential compared to the guy who's only doing it once. Hundred percent for sure. And it's just like that, and literally in anything, anything that you do. So. That's a really common question is, is how do I move up through the ranks? Okay. Now, here's something that I've heard a lot as well. Um, you hear of this like as a joke in the jiu-jitsu world of like uh, the missing poster, like missing the no, new blue belt. Because it seems like most people get two blue belts. So maybe they've spent their two to three years or whatever it's going to take. Or maybe, they're, maybe they're, they go ham and they go five, six days a week and they get it in a year, a year and a half. And so they blow through that and like smoke it. Like they get their blue belt and like, you know what? That was a lot of work. I'm not sure I want to do this. I'm just going to peace out. Right. Like, so That seems to be a very common thing. Yes. J- promotions are the anti-jujitsu. 
So, and what I mean by that is exactly what you said. Like you could, you could, and I've seen this, like guys get promoted to blue belt and then you won't see them for four months, five months. It's like they hit like some, that to them was like this huge monumental moment. And that's like, they have to like take a break from it because they're like, you know, I I was working for this and I got it. And now it's kind of like. I, I've, I've, I'm kind of like done with jujitsu now. Now, do you think that's just maybe the biggest accomplishment they've maybe had in their life? They've had to work hard. They've had to grind it out. It's gritty. It's tough. It sucks most of the time. It's not always fun. Right. I mean, training is a good time, but it's not fun usually. You know, like it, it, it can be enjoyable, you know, but you're not having a good time going through it. Yeah. Right? But uh, it's like, so maybe they get through that and like, yeah, I did it. This is awesome. And like. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go on vacation to, to Maui for a week. Yeah. Like, what's going on here? I would say probably for 90% of people, if they've never wrestled, I would say probably 90% of people that do jiu-jitsu, the blue, getting a blue belt in jiu-jitsu is the hardest thing they have physically and mentally ever done in their lives. Ooh, the mentally. Yeah. I didn't think about it like that. The mental game of getting a blue belt, you literally have to go into a gym. No, that's solid. All the time, get beat up, thrown around, choked. Arm locked, swept, all kinds of stuff are happening to you. You know, I mean, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna have little injuries here and they're gonna get cuts and stuff like that, little scrapes and stuff from the gi. Um, but yeah, the mental game is difficult because you have to keep going back into that environment. And if you've never really done anything like that before in your life, it's really hard to constantly wake up and go into that environment and, and train jujitsu if that's not something that you've ever been. No, that, that's, Used a, to. that's a great point because like the other day I remember waking up and I was like super sore right? and I, I had a hard time walking and granted I've been like dealing with an Achilles injury and a hip injury for a while now doing rehab and PT and things are finally starting to get better uh, as good as I like them to be. So some of that I, I hurt normally anyway, but I remember like just being sore everywhere and just everything ached, my back hurt, my ribs hurt and like my neck was tight because my traps were, you know, all knotted up and everything else is like. I'm used to feeling like this. To me, this is normal. Like, oh, I feel like I'm just training weightlifting again. Like, oh, it's no big deal. Like, I'm used to being in pain and miserable. It's, it's no problem. I'm used to that. But I'll bet you a lot of people aren't. No. Unless they've wrestled or no. played football yeah. or done something, something very physical. physically active. Yeah. And honestly, it's funny because I have people, you know, all the time they're like, oh, you know, I have, uh, you know, my, my back hurts. What do I do if my back hurts? And they've, they've never done anything. It's like, dude, your body is getting tempered to the training. Yes. So your body is going through an adjustment process where it's getting used to getting the shit kicked out of it for an extended period of time. Like, they ask, like, what do you do for recovery? You know what I mean? Like, what do you do to take care of yourself? I'm like, dude, once you get to a certain age in jiu-jitsu, you're always going to have little injuries. It's just like... When when my neck doesn't hurt, my lower back will hurt. When my lower back doesn't hurt, my knees will hurt. When my knees don't hurt, something else will hurt. My elbow, my shoulder, something. So you're always going to have little, you know, once you, like, when I had to go to the chiropractor, once I got my neck and my back fixed into where I could actually train again pretty hard, like, of course, then something else will start to hurt. But that's part of the game. Yes. So it's, But I think there's also good things you can do for recovery. Absolutely. If you're working with somebody who's really good. Like I work personally with uh, uh, Dane Lee at Elite Recovery. Um, I don't think it's Elite Recovery Fitness. I think it's just Elite Recovery. Uh, he's been on the show a couple of times. And what I like about him is that he's he's changing his entire thoughts on recovery. To him, he writes your recovery program. 
So it's like, okay, you train this day. I want you doing exercises on this day. I want you fixing this this day. Come in from uh, either manipulation on my part where we're going to do some massage or cupping or uh, blade work, uh, scraping, ART, whatever he's doing. Or he can give you stuff to do at home for self-care, foam rolling, lacrosse ball, right. uh, scraping. If you want to, like he said, just use a freaking spoon or a butter knife. Who cares? Right. Something. You know, it's like, but there's certain things that he likes to do and he likes to literally program that out. So that way you're fresh and you're good to go. and You're, right. ta- you're taking care of the little injuries before they become major injuries. So, Big problems. Yeah. So there, there's certainly good things to do about that between stretching and foam rolling and doing that kind of stuff. So. If you work with a good PT, they can mostly take care of that. But I will say, the best thing you can do is massage. Yeah. And not the bullshit, like, I'm going to rub on your back and make you Deep feel tissue. good massage. Like, this is, yeah. you'll be screaming Hurts. most of the time. It yeah, it sucks. Yeah. But you'll feel better afterwards, I promise. So find a good massage therapist. Damn it. Highly recommended. <laughs> All right. So some other questions that I'm sure you get are, what are the costs? Right. You know, are you Gracie affiliated? Like all that kind of, everybody knows a Gracie name. Right. So I'm sure those are normal things, right? Yeah. That's a very common question. Um, obviously, because of like, you know, the UFC, you know, when it first started, you know, Hoist Gracie was that huge name. You know, well, the didn't UFC the Gracies stuff? start the UFC? Did they own Yeah, that? they did, actually. And they did that because of they wanted to prove to the world, right. this is the best fighting style, period. Right. Because they're already kind of doing their... Was it the Gracie fight things? Well, or, they, they or were doing that? the Gracie challenges. There we go, the Gracie challenge. The Gracie challenges. And, and then, they would videotape those. Yeah. So that the, way they yeah. had proof. Yeah, exactly. Like, have your boys come in, kung fu, exactly. whatever. We're going to kick yeah, their ass. Yeah. So, um, it's funny. Like, the reason that Hoist Gracie was the one that they chose to fight in the first UFC is because he's the most unassuming one. Yes, because if it was Hickson, like, oh, yeah. well, you expect him to yeah. win. He 200 fighting, pounds of, like, rock yeah. solid muscle. He was fighting in the Valley Tudo in Japan. So he was fighting over Japan. Like he's super famous over overseas. Like he's super popular over there. I think everybody who knows mm-hmm. Jesse knows Hickson. I mean, of course, you know, I saw the dude at the worlds when I was there in 2015 and it's like, it's like seeing like, I don't even know how to describe him. It's almost like people talk like real quiet around him. You know, like, like he's just—he's just a person. Yeah, he's a person. Man. I mean, he's the best he's super, ever. Yeah, yeah, he's the best ever at jujitsu. He's cool, sure, but yeah, he's cool. I, mean, I remember hearing on a Jocko podcast once where Jocko got to roll with him, mm-hmm. and somebody asked him, you know, because Jocko's an animal, right. right? And so somebody asked him, like, "What was it like rolling with Hickson?" He's like, "Okay, lay down flat on your back. Like I'm gonna get on top of you. Okay, like don't move. Like I'm gonna go from side control to mount. Like that's what it's like." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's pretty like, much. You can do whatever you want. He's he's going to do whatever he yeah, wants to do. Exactly. To you. There's nothing you can do to stop it. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, I think that I think that's why it is super common is because a lot of people either Google jujitsu and they kind of learn about the history of it a little bit, so they kind of see like. And let, let's be honest, uh, Henner is taking on yeah a great things on yeah. YouTube and everything else. He's always on podcasts. He's on Shark Tank. Like he, he's got that <laughs> stupid backpack thing. Yeah, I mean. It's like, bro, but still, it's like he did either, either be cold that. or wear a hoodie. Like, what are we doing? Right, but, exactly. But still, it's like, he does a really good job promoting the gym. So he I does. think that his name just comes out. And yeah. honestly, I love listening to podcasts with him on it. He talks so well. Right. And he's, he's got such a great mind for jujitsu and right. marketing that he makes it fun. It's interesting. Right. Yeah. So, you know, for us, like my lineage, the, the, the lineage of the gym goes through Carlson Gracie. So my instructor, Mark Vives, who owns and trains at Newbreed Training Center in Chicago. Who's a bad motherfucker. Yes, he's a bad dude. He His instructor's name is John Iwano and Johnny Ramirez. So they are black belts, I believe, under Rodrigo Maderos. Not Rodrigo Comprito, but Rodrigo Maderos in California. Um, and then that lineage would go through Carlson all the way back to Maeda. So it's very... 
which is which is honestly a good question. If you're not super familiar with the lineage, um, because there's so many like cousins, right? I mean, there's so many cousins of the Gracies, you know, that you would never even think. And honestly, like when people ask me, they're like, "Oh, who are you a black bun I say, "Mark Vives." A lot of people know Mark because he is popular from competitions, from fight to win. He's a pretty popular guy in jujitsu. But you know, you don't have to have like a a real popular lineage in order to have good jujitsu. I think that's kind of like a misconception. Like if your lineage doesn't go back through a specific uh, Gracie, it's like, you know, it's, it's almost like it's not as good, which is not the case at all. Not like necessarily. There are, yeah. There are lineages that don't even go back through the Gracies. There's a lineage like GF team, their lineage, like the, the grappling fight team, their team, their lineage goes back through a guy named uh, Oswaldo Fada. He is a guy that trained jiu-jitsu like I, I don't I don't know exactly where at last I thought I heard that he his like his training was like in the interior of Brazil, wasn't near like Rio, near Sao Paulo or any of that. But he learned jujitsu, I don't know from who, but I guess that you know, trust me, if you think that their jujitsu is inferior because it doesn't come through a Gracie line, the GF team guys are savages. Like Dante Leones from GF Team, Vitor Oliveira, Ricardo Evangelista, Max Jimenez, Jaime Canuto, all these guys that trained. Uh, Patrick Gaudio was on. Like a lot of these guys have moved to different teams, but they have is, come through there. Competition is a great equalizer. Yeah. So Jake if, McKenzie, you if you don't think their lineage is legit, yeah, go see, roll with them. See how they do on the world stage. Right. Exactly. So yeah, that's a very common question. Is you know, but I think you, that's also a good question to ask mm-hmm. if you're going somewhere else. Absolutely, because there ask are where their lineage is coming from. Absolutely, so like some, you don't get some bullshit artist. Right, exactly. They're just like just shows up like, oh look at me, I'm a black belt in karate, so I'm going to start doing jujitsu now right. because I don't have any adult students. Exactly, so we're going to start a jujitsu class. And in kind of going to the price question, which is another that's probably the, that is the most common question is what is the cost of training. I, I hate that question because it, you, you need to look at it like an investment, right? So it's like, it's, it's not like, what, what is it going to cost? It's like, no, what are you willing to put in and what do you want to get out of it? You know, it's right. like, like we all have to realize that, yes, in today's day and age, everyone's looking to save 30 cents on something. But you know what? It might be worth spending some more money to get some better training or right. products or anything else right. just because – it's maybe maybe you just want to support that company. Right. And it's good it's good to ask because for example, at Church Jiu Jitsu, we charge one twenty five a month, hundred and twenty five dollars a month. It's unlimited training. You can train as much as you like. You know, we have classes all throughout the week that kinda of hopefully fit your schedule, which is nice. Some gyms, uh local gyms to meet like to where we are, um, charge anywhere between uh hundred and nineteen dollars all the way up to hundred and sixty dollars. Um, so we're kinda of like in the lower middle half. But I'll put my jujitsu. I'll put our jujitsu against well, yeah, but, any of that. But some of that is also because you've kept your costs low. Yeah, because you haven't gone out and no. rent, rented like this huge space that you don't need or right. done stupid things. Right. And it's like no, it's had like, to bring in other fitness or other you know yoga to supplement my exactly my rent. Like, yeah, like, absolutely. No, so some of that is just because you've set up your business properly in my mind to keep your overhead low. Right. So you can offer like a better price yeah, to your students. Exactly. But we also have to realize that you know training is going to cost you money. Quality quality training is going but, to cost but, but you that, money. But that's in anything, whether that's lifting weights or yes. doing jujitsu, absolutely or doing anything else. Like if if it's a if it's a good place, if you like the vibe, if you like the atmosphere, yeah. if you like the instruction, you know, it's like right. it's worth the money. So I think if, if you need to get a second job to pay for that, it's worth it. Right, but I think for a lot of people that the the number of what it costs to train is in the end the ultimate choice of what gym they're going to go to. 
So, for example, that that in just general location. So, for example, someone could call me on the phone and say, I live two minutes up the street from your gym. Okay. Well, what does it cost to train? $125 a month. Okay. For them, that's convenient because they live right there. Now, if a person is in between, you know, close to the middle ground between me and a gym that only charges you know, $99 or only charges $110. So they're a little bit cheaper. They might go there. Not even, they might not even come into the gym to, to try even, to, to even try a class at True Art. They might just go there because it's cheaper. And I'll give you an example. I had a guy email me and this is great. A guy emailed me. was like, I'm going to, let's, let's call him George. George. Cause that's not his name. That is not his name. <laughs> George emailed me, uh, probably a month ago. And, and this was a new guy, never met him before, emailed me, wanted to know about training. I talked to him on the phone for like a half an hour, set up a training session with him that he was going to come in, try a class. He didn't show up. I didn't hear from him. And then he texted me probably um, a week later from when he was supposed to train and goes, hey, man, um, I think I'm going to go with this gym instead. And I was like, okay. I was like, have you been there yet to train? And he's like, no, I haven't seen it. I haven't been there yet. And so he pretty much, I know that he based his just all choice the price. off the price, which was fine. So I was like, oh, okay, man, I hope you enjoy it. You know, I'm just glad you're doing jujitsu. It's cool. Well, man, that's, that's, I think a lot of, too many people get this ego, like about right. what's our gym versus their gym. Right. And granted, on the mats, that's, you certainly should have team ego. That's a very important thing. But it needs to be in cooperation for the greater good of jujitsu. Like I talk about this a lot in weightlifting. It's like we've got some great weightlifting coaches here in Ohio. Like, like my coach is one of the top ten coaches in the country. He gets mad when I say that, but it really is true. As I always ask him, like, start naming better coaches than you, and he starts naming off. He gets about to like six people, seven people on his fingers. I'm like, yeah, how many more? How many thousands are registered right. in, our, in our sport? Like, like you're fucking up there. This is awesome. Right, been, been in it forever. Right. We've also got Mark Canella down in Columbus. We, you know, we've got uh, like Pendragon up in. What eastern side of like uh, Cleveland? We've got uh, Terry Grow up in Cleveland who like teaches at the Y. He's got multiple international like youth lifters as he gets a, a bunch of like young kids in there. It's like like there's some great places around here. Right. It's like there's a bunch of other places around here like you know Reggie Hodges over in Strongsville. It's, I mean, there's a bunch, right? But it's like they all get a little fussy like if one of their lifters maybe like leaves and goes there or does this or wants to get some different coaching or does whatever. And it's like guys, like the enemy here is Planet Fitness. Right. Like you should be happy there in weightlifting. You should just wish them the best when they come in, treat them like they're gold, like put everything into them. If they leave, they leave. That that's up to them. You know, but like as long as they're doing jujitsu, you should be super happy. You should never hold a grudge against somebody no. who's going to some other gym. It's ridiculous. Right. You know, like even if, even if they quit, like that's their choice. I mean, like a great example is like how many people actually do you think like start jujitsu, make it to black belt percentage wise? One percent. So it's most people aren't ever going to get there. No. So that's, that's why it's adorable. And they're like, what's the average like to get the black belt? Like the average person doesn't get there. Yeah, they don't make it. Yeah. You got to be. Ex- and they don't under like most people you gotta understand be exceptional. when you say that. Yeah. When you say that to them, they kind of give you a look like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, th- this this isn't it. like school where we just pass kids yeah, on get who haven't earned it. Like, yeah. no, like you actually have to be a little crazy and want to do that for yourself. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, honestly, it's, you know. It takes a long time to get to black belt and the trials and the, the hardships that you're going to go through to get there for a lot of people, like we talked about before, is just insurmountable. They, yeah. they, they can't even fathom like how long it will take them and how much work they're going to have to put in just to even get to blue belt. <laughs> like, yeah. So like you still got, you know, 
three belts to go, buddy. Long, long time <laughs> yeah, in Yeah, you got a while to go. All right, so obviously people are starting to come in. So let's say they, they do not want to come in because of the price. That's up to them. Go somewhere else. In my personal opinion, I'd say, I would assume you would agree with this as well. Like, go train in a couple different places. Like, so like spend a month or two or three and train at three different places. Tell them you're doing it. Like, hey, I'm trying this gym out. I'm going to try a couple of the gyms out in the area. Maybe if you're moving to an area, you know, if you don't know what's going on, or maybe you've already been training for a few months, you kind of know what's going on. Like, go train at a few different places. See what you like. See what the culture you like is, what, what you want out of it, you know, and then make your decision from there. Don't just look at the price and be like, oh, I can save 15 bucks by going over there. Right. Who gives a shit? Right. Like, if the gym would be better for you, it'd be worth the more money. Like, it's just, depends what you want. I mean, do yeah, what you well, want, people. at the but. end of the day, you're you're a customer. You know what I mean? If you're not getting the service that you are looking for, that you require, then you ever, you have every right to take your business somewhere else. Of course. Like, I, I don't have the right to tell you, you only can train jiu-jitsu here. I can't, I can't tell you that. So, you should absolutely, 100%, Go to different gyms, see them, like like go inside, see the training area, meet the instructors, meet some of the people, you know, obviously take a look at the schedule, you know, and there's some things that you should look for when you're in there, but obviously, you know, going from gym to gym, every gym is different in the sense of their, um, like the aesthetics, what it looks like. So like we have a very nice gym. We're very fortunate. We have a very, very nice training facility, a very clean training facility, um, you know, good quality mats, you know, just a nice area. Some gyms that I've been to, like uh, the gym that George, for example, the guy in the email decided to go to, uh, they don't have, like, their gym is not, it's not in, like, its own facility. It's shared in, like, a sports performance complex. Okay. Which is fine. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. But the amenities are not there. Yeah. So what you get in jiu-jitsu, you're not going to get in you know, overall cleanliness, aesthetics, just stuff like that. Yeah, but know? it also might be a good benefit for them because maybe they're thinking, oh, I can go lift some weights right. or do whatever, do right. some speed classes or whatever else. Maybe they have other kind of classes. So maybe that just works better for them. Absolutely. Who knows? All Absolutely. Right. So let's let's shelve that for just a second here. And let's get back into like, like the general question. So obviously, like, so somebody's new coming in, they're going to want to know like the structure of your class. But more importantly, I think is like, what should they be expecting in the first, let's say, month of training? Right. So always for us, the first thing, I, when someone comes in, you know, I explain to them how our classes are run. So, for example, we always bow on and off the mat. You know, that's like the, the first step, right? You know, when you get them a gi, you put it on them. You know, you teach them, you know, when you get to the mat end, you bow on. If you come off, you face the mat and bow. Now, now, we, now why do you do that? To me, honestly, I couldn't tell you. The reason that I bow on off the mat is just to show respect to the people that are there training and to all the people that have taught me jiu-jitsu. It's just showing respect for all of them, that I respect this area that I've learned on it and that I want to give back to jiu-jitsu. So I the, – because the first day that I went into jiu-jitsu with Mr. Hyman at East Coast, he told me, you bow on and off the mat when you, when, you, when you go on the mat, when you leave the mat. And I didn't question him. I didn't say one thing. I said, yes, sir. Absolutely. So I bowed on and off the mat and I've done it ever since. So for me, if I had to put it into something, if I had to sum it up, that's what it is. It's just showing respect. But I think I think that really is the purpose. Yeah, absolutely. It's just showing respect absolutely. to the facility, to your training partners, yeah. and, and more importantly, like to the lineage of the people who've gotten yeah, you there. Yeah, exactly. And it's honestly, for me, it's like, it's showing 
Like I'm thankful for the people who helped me with jujitsu when I was young. And I'm thankful that people come in now and I'm able to help them. So it's really cool. So you bow on and off the mat. Simple. We line up in rank order. So one thing you can expect is when you're brand new, the first guy, you're going to be at the, all the way at the end of the line. <laughs> you're at the end of the line, my friend. We always bow into class, feet together, bow. And then we always start with a warm up. So this is one thing I always explain to them is the, the hardest thing that you're going to do in the beginning is to get through the warm up. So the warm up is a, is a combination of a bunch of different movements that are all incorporated at some point in jiu-jitsu. So hip escaping, which is like shrimp crawling, allows you to escape your hips to be able to escape bad positions like side control. Um, it's just a way to get your body moving, get a get a nice sweat going. And there's all kinds of stuff, sit-throughs, backwards rolls, um, just a bunch of different movements that are, that eventually you'll understand the more you do jiu-jitsu, which is important. It's kind of just creating muscle memory. Um, and then you'll have, if you're in a fundamentals class, which is normally what I what I tell them because they're brand new, right? Is we always cover technique. I show technique either whatever position we're working on and this is what I want you to do. So, for example, right now we're passing the half guard in the fundamentals. So, I show the technique of the pass that we're going to do, whether it's a knee slice or a long step or whatever the case may be. And all of them are like options to build on the exactly. other person depending on what look they give you. Exactly, exactly. So... The one thing that I always tell them to expect is you will positionally spar. So a lot of gyms don't allow you to spar. Like I know of gyms that don't allow you to spar until you're a blue belt. I which, hear a lot of the Gracie gyms are like that. And I don't understand I don't that. know. I've never been there. Yeah, but that's I, what I, I understand it too. I, I get it from a business aspect because you don't want people to get hurt. But injuries are part of the game. I don't want anyone to get hurt either. Well, yeah, but like, but it's part of the game. You're, you're doing some kind of sport activity. Exactly. Like you're going to have yeah. injuries. Right, exactly. So the, the nice thing about the positional sparring is that it causes you to work within that particular position all the time. Yeah, and, and I love how you do that because well, let's say like we're starting like right now like in the half guard. If somebody right. sweeps you and they get on top, yeah. you reset and do it again. Yeah, do it again. Okay, I did something wrong there. I'm not going to do that again. Exactly. So if it, if it happens again, you ask your partner, what do I do wrong? Right. How do I fix that? Oh, you did this. Don't do that. Do this instead. Or like, oh, okay, cool. So you're you're learning in that one little specific spot. Exactly. So things that you can expect in your first month is definitely, at least in true art jiu-jitsu, is positional sparring, warm-up, learning how to bow on and off the mat, bow into class. That's simple stuff. The things that you should definitely uh, be aware of is uh, your body is going to ache. Your knees are going to hurt. Your elbows, your hands. Your ribs. Your ribs. Um, you're going to get mat burn probably on the tops of your feet and on your knees and on your elbows. Your skin will probably get um, annoyed just because of the gi. If you've never worn a gi before, like your skin gets used to like the material of it because it's like a real thick yeah, cotton. Yeah, the friction just Yeah, the friction, on yeah. It. So it kind of... It's, just, of, it's not quite like a like a rug burn. It's not no, that bad. No, not but at you're, all. But you're, you're still like, it's yeah. usually annoying. Like, yeah. oh, my arm kind of hurts. Yeah. What's going on? Like I always say, your body will get tempered to, to <laughs> jiu-jitsu. Yes. Um, so soreness is definitely something that, that you will get used to. Um, probably within the first month, you will see uh, that jiu-jitsu is either what you expected or nothing like you expected. And most of that you will figure out within the first few days. Uh, most of the time that happens when you positionally spar, like for example, like if we're in half guard and you try to move someone on top of you, it's like, okay, I just want you to try to make an underhook and get to the top. And then they, this particular person who's new tries that technique to get to like the old school sweep and 
they can't. They can't even move because the guy on top maybe has six, seven months a year experience and they're not able to do anything. So it's a huge eye-opening experience for them in the beginning. It's like, oh, we were just doing this drill. It was so easy to do the drill. Yeah, exactly. Why can't I do this? I love probably my favorite thing in jiu-jitsu, at least teaching, is when new people come in and I have guys that have been training for like six, seven months. And then they they positionally spar with the new guy. And then they see what it's like. Like, They look back and they're like, holy shit, I was that bad at one time. (laughs) You know, but it's it's great because they see like the, the steps that they've made in the kind of progress that they made in such a short bit of time well that's the interesting thing mm-hmm. is a lot of times it's hard to see that progress right because let's be honest the guys at the gym are really good yeah and we're usually rolling with a lot of the same kind of people yeah and they're getting good as well exactly. as you're getting good so you're getting yeah. good together yeah whereas when you roll with somebody who's brand new yeah. they don't know anything yeah and you can literally move them where you want do what you want do any kind of escape you want they can't stop you right it's like Okay, maybe I am getting better. This is pretty cool. And I think it, it's – I tell people that all the time. They're like, you know, I just don't feel like – and it's kind of like the plateau of jiu-jitsu where people are like, man, I just don't feel like I'm getting better. And it's like, no, you're getting better. I'm just rolling harder with you because I have to because you are getting better. Yes. So it's hard to gauge because if I simply just lay there and let you do whatever you want to me, that's not really realistic when it no. comes to sparring. But if I continue to keep pushing that pace with you and kind of keep it as even as I can – because if I just try to smash you and mangle you, that's not going to teach you anything. I mean, you'll get tough. Yeah, I get that. But you're not going to get better jujitsu. Whereas if I continuously, you know, if you do something wrong and I tell you don't do that or I sweep you off of it, hopefully you learn from that. And then as long as I keep kind of that same pace with you, that same level all the time, you'll continuously get better and better and better. Your timing will get better. You'll get faster. You'll like your, your transitions will get better. And you'll see like over time, I'm getting to the point where like with a lot of those guys, I have to roll literally almost as hard as I can. And, but to me, I love it because that means I'm doing my job. Yes. Absolutely. Because your job is to make them better, not you just yeah. be the top dog all the time. Yeah, no. It's not fun. People think like, oh, if you're the best guy in the gym, that's awesome. It's like, well, I mean, I it, okay, yes and no. It's cool to be one of the better guys in the gym, but at the same time. Everybody's yeah. coming after yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's rolling as but hard I lo- as they can. But I love it. I tell people that all the time. When you, when you ask me to train, which – that's another like topic that we'll get into later is, you know, some of the things that you should look out for. Yes. In jujitsu. Yeah. And, we'll, we'll definitely get to that here in a little bit. And the, when people ask me to train, I don't take it as like disrespect. I take it as a compliment because they either, they, they want to train with me because they want to get better, which is fine. I love that. But it's that common ground of like, I'm not going to hurt you when we train and you're not going to hurt me. So the only way to really get better is you have to spar with guys who are better than you. Because two new people going together, two guys that are kind of like real new in jiu-jitsu, like six months, it's not going to help them as much as if they spar with someone who's gone done jiu-jitsu for five years. Yes. Because they're going to give them a more realistic look. They're going to help them a lot more. And I, I said that literally, and I've, I've said all the time that you know I'm super thankful for the guys that I started jiu-jitsu with because some of them, literally like my buddy Steve, when I would train with him when I was a white belt, he was a blue belt, he would mount me and literally just roll over and I would be in the clothes guard on the top because he got bored. You know what I mean? Yeah. But 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 I I was thankful that he took his time to help me get better. Yeah. Because that, that's different than him just sitting on top of you and smashing your face. Yeah, exactly. Out. Exactly. You know, because that would help. Because like anytime that Ben and Devin are in the gym, like I'm running over to train with them. I love training with them. Granted, I get my ass kicked. The entire yeah. round. I mean, there's nothing I can do. I mean, I'm, I'm like, 
super static if I can like retain yeah. half guard, you yeah. know, from the mount or something. But it's like, like it's so much fun to roll with them because again, they know what they're doing, but right. also I know they're not going to hurt me. No, you know, they're going to help me through positions. Yeah, but they're also not going to just roll over and yeah. let me just do stuff either. If I yeah. earn something, like if I if I do something, like I had to earn that. Yeah, and I'm and, I, and that's like one thing that new people definitely should should think about is. I always tell someone, like, the first time they come on the mat, I'm the first person to roll with them. A brand new person, I'm always the first person. Because I always tell them, number one, I'm never going to hurt them. I'm the safest guy in the gym to train with. This, the most dangerous belt in jiu-jitsu is white belt. Yep, 100%. So I tell them, I'm never going to hurt you. So don't be afraid. I've done jiu-jitsu a long time to where I know if you get in a bad position, I can just do this and get you out of it and you'll be okay. But I'm not going to mistake their aggression for them trying to hurt me. Whereas like two new people, if they start going real hard, like they may be like, Oh my God, this guy's trying to kill me or like trying to like, like tear my arm off. So they start going and that's when injuries happen. Yeah. So like normally that happens with white belts. They come in and they go like a thousand miles right. an hour. It's like, dude, right. calm down, chill out, relax, breathe. Yeah. But like what you touched on earlier is, you know, going up to Ben and Devin is like, those guys are, you know, those guys are so good because, you know, my student Tyler, Tyler it has very good jiu-jitsu. Oh, he's so good. He's got great jiu-jitsu. He's so good. He's got great jiu-jitsu. But this is the thing is that Ben and Devin took Tyler under their wing to help them, like their little brother. You know what I mean? And that's important. Like anyone that comes into the gym, like you need to try to find someone who's going to be like your Mr. Miyagi, right? To take you under their wing to help you. Because I try to help as many people as I can, but I'm only one dude. Yeah. I can't, I can't do anything. Like so in, I, in the fundamentals class, right. you can kind of watch everybody. Right. But once rounds start, yeah. it's like, I'm just watching, you making can sure no one gets like hurt. Two or three people. That's it. So for me, I'm always making sure that I tell those guys, especially even at the end of class before we bow out, you know, feet together, bow is give it back. Just because you're a high ranking guy in jujitsu does not mean that you're above helping the other guys. Cause don't remember where you're like, where you started. I don't ever forget where I started, like learning jujitsu and not knowing anything, but these upper level guys, like these blue belts, right. were trying to help me get better. So when these guys, like these white belts come up to you guys and ask you to spar or ask you questions, they're not doing it to be annoying. They, they're doing it because they have faith that you can give them the right answer to help them. Yes. So you need to pay it back. You know, nobody is above training and helping. Like, I don't give a shit what your rank is, how good you think you are. When someone comes up to you and asks you a question, you need to help. Well, that's, that's one of the great things you've really built into the culture at the gym is that, you know, their job as higher belts is to help the white belts get better. Right. And what's good about that is as the white belts get better, like everybody gets better. Right. You know, because like if you're rolling with white belts and you keep doing the same move over and over and over right. again and they don't learn and get better and stop you, then maybe you need to like help them. Yeah. Maybe you need to fix my... that so that way you can like have to set it up differently. Maybe right. go for a different attack or maybe string that into something else, you know? So yeah. it's like that will make everyone better. So it can still make the upper belts better if they can make the new people better. So my job is never ending. So what I mean by that is a new person can come into the gym on Monday and my job starts all over again. Yes. And then a new person can come in on Thursday and it starts all over again. So it's never ending, right? I mean, I'm always getting new people and I have to start all over with them and, and, and literally start from scratch. But 
That's why I tell them that is because like you white belts, when you get the blue belt, guess what your job's going to be is you're going to have to help them. And then when those white belts become blue belts, they're going to have to help the new crop of white belts that come in. You know, it's, it's just the way it is. Yep. You know, you, you constantly, but that comes from the top. You know what I mean? That, that, comes, that comes from me is like, that's, I, that's expect leadership it, I expect this from you guys is that you help them. Yeah. If, if you don't and, beat that into yeah. their heads, then they'll just come in, smash yeah, everybody yeah. and leave. And, and that's, you, that's not okay. And that's what I was like. If you really want to see me get pissed is like, if someone comes up to you and asks you to spar, tell them no. Be like, nah, man, I'm going to go over and go with him or whatever. If they come up and ask you to spar, you need to spar with them. Unless you have like a round picked out, you know what I mean? Someone asked you beforehand. Then that's fine. Like a round, like a previous round, that's fine. But if you don't have someone and that person comes up, because it makes them feel like number one, their time isn't isn't worth it. You know what I mean? And they're obviously coming to you because they 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 think you're good, or they just want to learn from you, or they just want to spar with you because you're a good training partner. You know what I mean? So that to me, like that will piss me off so bad, and then I'll teach you a lesson. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't deal with that. That's not something that I, I didn't come up that way. Yeah, but dare I say you've you've bred that out of the culture at the gym. And if you had somebody that was like that, they probably yeah. wouldn't last very long. You wouldn't long make it very long. You would get the hint. Everyone would start beating up on them. Yeah, you would get the hint. <laughs> All right. So I think that covers a lot of like really good like beginner kind of questions. But like what are some questions that people should be asking compared to what maybe they do already ask? So some questions that are important, at least in my mind, would probably be important stuff. Cleanliness of the gym. Yes. That's probably... Like that's probably like a big thing. If you go to check someplace out, yeah. how clean is the gym? And ask them how often they clean the mats. What do they use to clean it? Right. Like are they using like like spick and spam or are they using like actual like cleaner that's meant for jujitsu mats? Right. Yeah. So yeah, at True Art Jiu-Jitsu, we have, you know, we use... Our, our mats that we got are come from Fuji. They're like a huge jujitsu company. They make geese. They make... Oh, I, I thought they were zebra mats. No, they're from Fuji. They're Fuji mats? Yeah, they're from Fuji. Um, they're very nice. Zebra makes a great product too. Yeah. They're super nice. They're like competing companies. They're, they're super quality. Everything's just high quality. Top of the line. Yeah. Very nice. Um, but again, you know, cleaning, it's, it's not hard. I was tell people it's not hard to have a clean gym. It's not. So we use, uh, a cleaner that comes from defense soap. So they're a company that's based up in Cleveland. Um, the gym gets cleaned at least twice a day. So that's super important. Um, the mats get cleaned, especially now with the whole COVID situation going on. The mats get cleaned, the wall pads, any of the high touch areas are all cleaned. Uh, the mats and the wall pads get cleaned with the same cleaner from Defense Soap. Kills 99.9% of all skin-related bacteria, anything like that. So that's super important. The nice thing to me is like my wife comes to the gym sometimes and I asked her, I was like, does it smell? And she goes, no, it doesn't smell like anything. And that's good. Yeah. I, don't want, I don't want to have like a, a bleach smell no. and I don't want to have an odor. So she's like, it doesn't smell like You anything. walk in, it just smells clean. Yeah, it's clean. It smells neutral. It should be. It should be. Like, I'm probably one of the few gyms that people make fun of me for this is I vacuum my mat. Like, I physically vacuum the mat area itself because of all the hair, the fuzz, yeah. all the stuff that's on it. I've been to gyms before where, like, I've walked in and they were, like, kind of dirty. And I asked them, I'm like, hey, you know, this is either, like, when I'm traveling or whatever. I'm like, hey, you know, what do you guys use to clean your mats? They go, oh, we have a company that comes in and cleans it. And this is legit. I had a guy tell me he's like we have a company that comes in and cleans it once a week and i was like oh yeah okay well i forgot my gi in my car i'm gonna go grab it and i left you ran <laughs> and i left ran. yeah i was like dude that's it's, gross it's gross man it doesn't it takes zero 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 talent work 
anything to have a clean gym. There's no excuse to not. It is absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely disgusting. 100%. No one wants to come in and train in a nasty gym. Also, something else to look for is clean bathrooms. Yes. Because if they don't clean the bathrooms, you sure as shit know that the gym's not clean The gym's not clean. So we're fortunate. We have a common area bathroom. So we have a cleaning company that cleans the common area, cleans the bathroom. Um, That's in our building. So we're very fortunate. By the way, shout out to that woman. She's the nicest girl. Very, very nice. Cleans it. Does a great job. So thank you for keeping the bathrooms clean. Always clean. Yeah. To anyone who doesn't. Pick up after themselves in the bathroom. You know who you are. You're, you're an asshole. You're, yeah, you're an asshole. <laughs> That's what you get. Period. Um, what about like the the environment or the formality? Like when you go to like a place, is that something? Absolutely. That's like you're really looking for. Absolutely. So, I, kind of touching on that, like when I was traveling. So, anytime that I go on vacation with my wife, um, if I go to you know Myrtle Beach, if we go to Vegas, if we go to Florida, wherever, it doesn't matter. Um, I always, 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 if I plan to train, which I always train when I'm on vacation. Do you, do you ever just go and take a week off or do something? You no, always train. Always train. Nice. Because, like, if I wanted to take a week off and not do jiu-jitsu, it would have to be because of, like, some serious injury, like, that I had that I physically could not train. Um, but, no. I mean, I, I love jiu-jitsu so much. Where I love going to meet new people and stuff. Well, I think that's fun. Cross-training, yeah. going to a different place. But there's good and there's bad. <laughs> so I'll give you an example. I always, always call gyms before I show up to them. I never show up to gyms just, hey, I'm here. You know, I never just walk in. I always call and talk to either the receptionist, the head instructor on the phone because I want to see how they're going to treat me. So I'll call them and I'll act like a white belt. You know, I'll be like, hey, you know, I'm visiting from out of town. You know, I was just curious if I could come in and train. And if they kind of shove me off, you know what I mean? They're kind of like, yeah, you know, I, like I had a guy in Florida who was just like, yeah, you know, if you want to come in and train, you know, great. If, you know, our class starts at this time. Um, anyway, I have to go. Bye. And he just hung up the phone on me. Okay. And I'm like, okay, you know, more than likely I'm probably not going to go there and train because you're not yes. a very welcoming human being. Now, granted, they could have just had a bad day yeah. or they could have just got bad news or you could have been running out for lunch. Who knows? Right. But customer service is important. Yeah. If they don't take the time to... Right. To just make you feel welcome. Like, oh, yeah, right. we'd love to have you. Yeah. These are our normal classes. Uh, please show up a little early so you can sign the waiver and do all this kind of stuff. You know, I was like, do you have a – if you don't have a gi because you're traveling, we'll probably have one for you. Like, if they're yeah. not accommodating to you, right. maybe go somewhere else. Right. So, it's funny because when you start asking questions, like, there there are ways – like, I don't know what it is. I think it's just years of doing jiu-jitsu. Like, I can, I can start talking in, like, the jiu-jitsu language, I guess. Like – Using terms and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and they'll they'll pick up on pretty quick. They'll be like, oh, you know, you sound like you've done jujitsu a long time. You know, what I mean, do you have any rank on the ground? I'm like, yeah, I'm a black belt. And but when if you're talking and all of a sudden their demeanor does a 180 and changes and they're very nice at that point, it's kind of like you you only started getting excited because I was a black belt. I'm a black belt. And that's it. If I was Joe Blow White Belt, you wouldn't. You wouldn't give me the time of day. You could give a shit. So go somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. And a lot. And honestly, like when guys come to the gym that are from out of town, like they'll email me, whatever the case may be. And when they come in, they're like, "Hey, man, you know, can I pay you a fee?" No, dude, it's on me because they're just here visiting. You know, so if I can make their visit accommodating, I can make them feel welcome. They'll come back. More than likely, they all write a review and say, "Dude, this is an awesome place." That review of saying that, at least if they're like. Not a 
they're not like local to the area. They they live in like Texas, California, Indiana, wherever they're from. That review is worth more to me than their twenty dollars math fee. Yeah, but not to mention it's like that's just a good thing to do to somebody who's in the life. Yeah, you know, it's like my, my coach does the same thing about weightlifting. It's like if you're a weightlifter and you're just coming in to train, if you're on vacation or you're home from school or whatever, and like you're training somewhere else, like here's a place to train. Come in and train. Now, like there's like a drop-in fee to the actual gym because he shares space with like another, right. uh, like a powerlifting gym kind of thing. So it's like, yeah, pay that seven dollars or whatever. Or if they're gonna be here for a week or whatever, they'll make them like oh, give us like twenty bucks for the week or whatever. Yeah. But like. My, my coach is going to charge them, like, his normal fee for, like, if people were to come and get coaching from him. Of course. Like, because that would be, like, a $20, like, usually drop-in fee or something like that. Yes. He's like, no, just just pay the drop-in for the gym. And, like, like, just come on in and train. Like, it's no right. big deal. Train with the team. Come with us. It's, like, it's yeah. no problem. And, like, and I love that. Like, back when we had our own place, he just wouldn't charge him at all. Yeah. You know, but now that we're in space with somebody else. Yeah, like, of course. He's got to, like, take care of, like, of the course. overhead and lights yeah. and everything else. Like, yeah. I get it. You know, but it's, like... And like that, that's such a good gesture to have towards other people because to them, it's such a hassle because they're yeah. away from home. Like it's not their normal routine. They just want to come in. They yeah. don't want to have to drop like 80 bucks to come train because they're probably yeah. still playing, like paying mat fees back home. Yeah. And not even, not even to mention like most gyms aren't like a lot of them, for example, depending upon who their affiliation is. So that could be like affiliation is like, you know, through what team. So it could be a like Gracie Baja, it could be Alliance, it could be Checkmate, it could be Atos, it could be um, Carlson Gracie, it could be you know any any one of those any one of those teams, and there are smaller ones, right? But uh, you know, for example, like a lot of gyms you go to, they could make you wear a specific color of gi, which to me just seems ludicrous. Yeah, I mean, some gyms they require you to wear a white gi, so if you go with a black one, they'll make you rent one. Some gyms you have to rent the the gi that's like approved by the association. Okay. So not all Gracie Baja schools are like that. Some are. Some you have to wear a Gracie Baja approved uniform in order to train. Um, I don't know if it's like that for all drop-ins, but to train there, you have to wear an approved uniform. So some are more strict, some are less strict. Yeah, but it's good to know that going Some you're in, not so... even allowed to wear other teams' patches. Yeah, and that's that's where it's important to call and yeah, ask those ask kind of those questions. questions. Like, hey, I've got my own gi. Can I... Can I bring that in? Is that all right? Or it's like, hey, I don't have my gi. Can I, can can I, I rent, rent one, one or, or borrow one? Do you have a loaner or like something? You know, those are important things to ask, which we're calling is important. Yeah. But also it's like if they treat you like shit. More than likely phone, it's a sign. They're probably going to treat you like shit in class. Right. You know, like speaking of that, I know there was a story where you went down somewhere for class and uh, you showed up as a black belt. And everybody got super excited. People get on the phones and people start showing up because yeah. they want to kick your ass. Yeah. So, like, so like, tell, tell that story. So um, I was training. You don't, uh, don't have to say where. No, no, no. You don't want to. You can. You're so I was on vacation. And in order for me to get to this gym from where I was staying, it was about an hour. So I had to drive an hour just to get to this facility to work out. So when I walked into the training to the training area. The gym was very small. Um, wasn't the nicest, wasn't the cleanest of places, but literally walked in and just was hanging out, had my bag, um, called to make sure it was cool to come in. They, they did not know my rank in jujitsu though. The guy's like, yeah, man, you know, we have class at this time. You're more than welcome to come in if you're from out of town. I was like, Hey, I appreciate it. So I walk in and I'm sitting down and, you know, I fill out the waiver of course. And, um, the class started in about 15 minutes and no one was in the gym. There was no one there. That's like a red flag. Probably. So the instructor who was a brown belt, he goes, um, our black belt, 
does not come in and teach during the daytime. And I'm like, dude, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, he's like, you know, hopefully some guys will show up to train during the day class. I'm like, dude, it's not, it's not a big deal, man. So I go in the back, I change, come back out. I have my gi on with my black belt on. And he's like, oh, I didn't know you were jujitsu black belt. And I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, I've been a black belt for, you know, almost three years now. And he's like, oh, okay. So I, I'm very observant. I'm a very observant human being. I think it's the jujitsu, but I think it's just my personality. You know, well, I, I, think I, I think watch it's definitely people. your personality. Yeah, I watch people. So like I sit down and I'm watching and he like gets on his phone and starts like messaging, like text X, like he's texting. And uh, a couple guys come in for the class and we start training and all of a sudden their instructor comes in. Oh, the black belt. Yes. Who doesn't come in during the day? Who doesn't train during the daytime. Oh. I'm like, that's fine. So he, he just comes in, doesn't like introduce himself, just kind of comes in and goes in the back, changes, comes back out and another like two dudes come in purple belts come in and they do the same. They change and they go sit against the wall. Like they don't do anything. They don't drill. They don't bow into class. They don't do anything. They just sit against the wall, all three of them. And there's like a break for water and the, the instructor come over and like introduce himself. They're like, what's going on, man? It's nice to meet you. Um, and now was he the one you talked to on the phone? No. Okay. No. No, I talked to the. Uh, so it, it wasn't was actually. Even, so it, was, it wasn't even like, "Hey, man, I talked to you on the phone. No, it's great to have you here." It no, wasn't even like that. No, no. So to to me, it was kind of like I, I've never I've never felt more in my life that I was like, okay, I because I know what they're doing. They're <laughs> waiting for the sparring rounds to start so they can try to like come test me. And I like I've said before, like I don't think that I'm amazingly good at jujitsu. You know what I mean? But I'm going to teach you a fucking lesson. <laughs> so I was like, I would spar with one of them and just mercilessly sweep them past their guards, take their backs, choke them. And then I would like, I didn't even want to train with the people that were in the class. So I would like roll with one of the purple belts. Yeah, Cause you know, these yeah, assets, I know what you're doing to try to kick. Yeah. Your and ass. I'm like, okay, like you want to test me? That's fine. I'll give you all you want. That's fine. You want to test me? Let's do it. So after like I roll with one, I'd be like, all right, come on. And I'd roll with another one. And then I'd roll with the instructor. And then I would go back and I would get another one. Come on, come on. Yeah, because dare I say, yeah. like, in the, in the normal class, it's probably what? It's a mix of white belts, yeah. blue belts. Like yeah. regular kind of, it was a daytime yeah. training session like if with you two white belts, a blue belt. And the, the instructor that was running the class yeah. was a brown belt. Yeah, it's like if you were to roll with, like, those blue belts and white belts, you'd have just, like, do what you always do. Like, in our classes, just have fun with them, kind of sweep them, but let them get positions and let them work on stuff. Like, right. where these guys come in and try to kick your ass, like, nope. Not how it's going to go today, boys. No, it's, it's, and that's it. You know, I don't, I, I, I think like that's bitch made, you know, like you don't do that. Like, I know what you're doing. You think I'm stupid. Like you think like, oh, you just happen to show up. They just happen to randomly show, show up. Show up a half hour yeah, late. You not know what I mean? Get change and just wait. And you want to roll with the black belt yeah, exactly. in town. And that's fine, man. You know what I mean? But thing is, is like, trust me, like I'll give you all you want. <laughs> like I'm not some fucking schmo on the ground. Like I'm not, I'm not amazing by any means. But trust me, if you want to go, we can go and I'll give you all you want. I'll give you all you can handle. And I think afterward, it was kind of like, okay, like, yeah, he, he knows what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> and that's fine, you know, but I don't, I don't like that shit. But the whole time you want to be professional, you know, I wasn't doing anything that was like, I wasn't aggressive. I wasn't anything. I was just rolling at a, not a, even a competitive pace, but like when I would catch submissions, I would catch them. Like I wouldn't hurt them, but they would get locked in really tight and they'd be like, oh shit. You know, to let them know, like, yeah, like, 
I'm not. I'm not fucking. Yeah. You you weren't beating on him. No, you just. But kinda, I'm not some. You bum. gave him the business. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> some bum. So it's and I think for a lot of people, they have that that mentality because maybe they don't train outside of their gym. They never really experienced like other other black belts or other training environments where guys are higher caliber. So like they, t- to me, that's like if you treat someone like that, you know what I mean. Like I'm a black belt, I can deal with it. That's not that big of a deal. But I feel bad. Like if someone went in that was like a purple belt or a brown belt that maybe isn't nearly as competitive, yeah, or nearly as like seasoned in jujitsu. And, and honestly, it kind of it kind of makes you feel. Um, Almost like you said, there's like a target on you. Like they're gonna come after me. Me, that's fine. I don't well, that's the thing that was like it, it was good because they did that against you because you could handle that and you gave them the business again, not being malicious, not being, no. not trying to hurt them, not doing anything stupid, just just having better yeah. jujitsu. But I know but that like when I said, left, like, what if they would have had a purple belt? Yeah, what if yeah. one of our purple belts would have gone in and they'd have brought in their purple belts and their yeah. black belts and yeah. a couple of brown belts trying to kick their ass? Like, okay, like they're gonna hold their own. They're gonna do okay, but. Yeah. Like round after round after round of all those guys being fresh and waiting to come in is like that's just not cool. No, don't do it, that. It's just not very. There, there's etiquette. You know what I mean. You're a martial artist. Like you should be. You should be better than that. You know. And again, that comes from the top down. If I, I would never treat someone that way ever. When you come in, you're from another school. I'll, I'll make you feel welcome. I'll roll with you. I'll help you. Yeah, and, and you're always the first person to roll yeah, with them. Yeah, exactly. But I set the tone most, with them. Most of that is like so that yeah. you can feel where they're at, yeah. but also what are you doing? You can kind of calm yeah. them down if they're going a little bit yeah, too crazy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because if I if you try to hurt me, that's fine. More than likely, you're probably not going to be able to. So that's fine. But I I'm not going to run the risk of you trying to roll with like one of my white belts and hurt them just yeah. because you're an asshole. Exactly. You know what I mean? I'll I'll jump on that grenade for everybody else. So, yeah, but also because you can most likely stop them from being able to hurt right, you. Exactly. But if it's too bad, he'd be like, "Hey, dude, get out." Yeah, exactly. Just, we don't roll like that here. Yeah, you got to get out. Yeah. yeah so, well, or you need to calm down. Like yeah. One of the two. Yeah. All right. So speaking of red flags, like, is that kind of like a big red flag of like if an instructor doesn't actually come in and teach the class and roll with the class and that kind of stuff? Is that a, is that an issue? Yeah. That's a that's a huge red flag in jujitsu is if your instructor doesn't roll with you, if your instructor isn't there teaching class. Like the reason, like, I I will say this. It's very uncommon that a black belt will teach the kids class or a fundamentals class. That's not super common. But that's also good though because then that gives the lower belts an opportunity to learn to teach. and teach. Teaching helps you get better. Because as, as we all know, like the more you teach, the more you learn for yourself. Because you have to learn it in a way to be able to explain it to somebody else. Yeah. It actually makes you better. Right. Of course. So the reason that I don't have any other instructors in the gym is because I am an absolute tyrant when it comes to technique. I want things done certain ways. And if I, I personally cannot, I couldn't look at someone and be like, okay, like John, I'd be like, John, I want you to teach the fundamentals, but I'm there at the gym. I, I, I couldn't sit there and, and watch just yeah, and just teach. let him do it. Not that I don't trust him. He's a great instructor. I mean, he he knows a lot about jujitsu. He's got fucking awesome jujitsu. Yeah, he explains things very he well. He does. He can't I mean, see. He's, he's, he he's, can't see shit. Well, there's that. But he, he's an awkward human being, and sometimes yeah. the shit that he says like comes out of his mouth is like, what the fuck did you say? Right, right. But when it comes to jujitsu, yeah, he knows he his explains shit. things yeah, very, very well, well. Very well. But I couldn't sit there and watch him teach while I'm just sitting there doing nothing. Because that's just not my personality. If I'm in the gym, you're I teaching. can teaching. Yes, that's why I'm there to roll and to teach. That's what I'm. That's what I'm there to do. So, I know a lot of instructors and instructors, you know, it, it, even in Ohio that I've heard of that some don't even like spar with their students a lot. Uh, they don't teach class that much. 
Like they're they're kind of in and out of the gym. And I get it, people have lives outside of their academies or whatever. But that's a red flag. Like if 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 jujitsu is is like your instructor's side hustle, is like. They they have a job or they have something else and then jujitsu is what they do on the side. Like jujitsu is my life. That's what I do for a living. Is I'm a full time Brazilian jujitsu instructor. I care like, of course I care about things, but jujitsu is my main priority when it comes to my job. That is my main priority. That's what I care the most about. Some people aren't like that. So that's a big red flag, at least for me, as someone who number one like jujitsu isn't like a main priority in their life. It's kind of just something they do on the side. Yeah. If they're not sparring with their students. Because sparring with your students, number one, shows competency. But it also shows humility. Yeah, of course. Because they're not as good as you. Yeah. So to roll with them yeah. and to kind of either go at their speed or smash them a little bit from time yeah. to time, which needs to happen every once right. in a while. You know, it's like that. that's a good thing to show like in the atmosphere yeah. of the gym. Because of course. it also helps the upper belts want to roll with the new people. Right. But it also, I think it shows like like me, like I've had black belts come into the gym from other schools. I've had brown belts come in from other schools, purple belts come in from other schools, and I'm always going to roll with them. I am not afraid to roll with anyone that comes into my academy. If, you know, JT came in, Rodolfo, you know, any of these super high-level dudes that came in, yeah, I mean, JT, Rodolfo, they're going to fucking kill me. Yeah, they're going to destroy They're going to destroy me. There's nothing you can you do about I mean? that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to fight as hard as I can. Like I'm going to try to, like give, I'm gonna try to five, give them some trouble. But like it's the top five happen. guys in the world. Right. Like, yeah, but that's just, okay. No matter what's going to happen, they're going to just beat the beans out of you. But but I'm not I'm not going to run away from that fact of like, oh, like I don't want to look bad in front of my students. Like my buddy, my buddy taught a seminar one time um, – and he asked the instructor to train the guy whose gym he was at. So my buddy went and taught a seminar at a gym. And the head instructor of that gym, he asked, was like, hey, do you want to roll? Uh, and he was like, nah, man, I, you know, I don't want to train. Because it, like it was an open mat like after the seminar, right? And the guy said, he's like, he messaged my buddy afterward, like after the, the seminar, after the open mat. was like, hey, he's like, I didn't want to be disrespectful, you know, but perception is everything. And what he meant is he didn't want to get his ass kicked in front of his students because he he wanted to seem like he was like, oh, I'm a black belt, like I'm invincible, like no one can beat me. That's ludicrous. That's a huge issue. And we kind of talked about that like in the last podcast. Yeah, it's we, like we the black belt entitlement. We you certainly know? did. Absolutely. So that's a huge red flag is if your instructor is not training with you. Um. I mean, I train with anyone and anyone. I, 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 yeah, I, if, if your instructor doesn't train with somebody who's better than them because they're afraid of losing, yeah, that's not okay. That that is just, that's an ego problem. Oh, certainly, that's a huge ego problem. So that's a big red flag for me. You know, I, I really, really enjoy rolling with my students. Now, I can't roll with everyone every day. Of course not. You know what I mean? I can't, I don't have that many. We don't have that many rounds. But trust me. When you ask me to train, I will train with you. I will help you. I will do anything I can. I'll position spar with you. I'll drill with you, whatever. Um, but yeah, that's 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 almost like a, a huge, huge red flag is an instructor who doesn't want to spar with his students to either. Because you may have a student that if you're not that good of a black belt, you may have someone come in that's like Brandon, that's like Tyler. You know what I mean? That comes in, that picks up on jujitsu really fast, gets really good. And then they start giving you fits on the ground if you're not that good. <laughs> but they're a blue belt and you're a black belt. You know I mean? So you might not want to like, it's almost like your relationship gets kind of sour because you don't really want him to train with you because it's like, well, I don't want him to like sweep me or get on my back and make me look bad. Yeah. 
like I mean, I'm I'm I mean, under brain is no, an animal and but, he's, he's yeah. just freshly a blue belt. But I'm under no assumption. Like I trust me, I understand that eventually those guys, those guys are going to catch me. Of course, I mean like like I said, Bra- like Brandon's yeah. like a newly like made yeah. blue belt, and he he gives purple belt and brown yeah. belts. Oh yeah, fits. fits on the ground. But guess what? He does it with jujitsu, which is awesome. Yeah, he but doesn't just use his wrestling. But the thing is, is that like those guys will always remember that like and this is something that martial it's so important in the martial art is like you should never forget who helped you in the beginning to get where you are so like for example like Rodrigo Cavaca in Bushesha like Cavaca was a purple belt when Bushesha started grappling so Bushesha's 10-time world champion 12-time world champ like the most accomplished grappler of all time Cavaca was his coach when he started jiu-jitsu Cavaca was a purple belt but like, even though Bushesha has way more accomplishments than Kavaka, you know what I mean? He's way better. He still looks at him like he is his coach, even though he's way better, at least in terms of the world championships that he's won. He's won ADCC, the Pans, the the Brazilian Nationals. He's probably won every tournament you can think of. But it's that idea of, I don't forget that this guy helped me get to where I am, and I wouldn't be where I am without him. So it's that respect. Yeah. That's super important. You know, even if you get better than your instructor, you know what I mean? He don't forget that he helped you get there. That's that's like something that I think a lot of people need to remember about jujitsu is that you shouldn't forget where you come from. No, that's where the lineage is so important, and making sure that you vet the people, like the gyms you're going to, make sure that their lineage is solid. Yeah, because if not, maybe you should go somewhere else. Like Trust may, me. it may be more convenient, it may be cheaper, mm-hmm. but you're gonna get better jujitsu somewhere else. I can almost promise you. Right. So what about the gyms that do like class check-ins like like they like there's almost like a check in the box and yeah. once i get to 30 i get a stripe on my belt yeah. this is amazing i fucking i can't stand that shit <laughs> that fucking it, it just it really dilutes and waters down the product of jiu-jitsu to me that's like karate it seems like that it's like, like what karate i can remember does. like a co-worker of mine and she and her husband uh, i think boyfriend at the time they just got out of college or they maybe were still in college they took taekwondo right and she said i'm a black belt I'm like, really? I'm like, how many years have you done Taekwondo? She's like, I did it for two years. Fuck but yeah. Wait, wait, wait. So you started in college. Yeah. And you went for two years and you're a black belt? Fuck. I said, bullshit. Fuck yeah. It's like, that is not a fucking black Probably belt. could not fight her way out of a bag. Yeah. And plus, she's also like, you know, like four foot three. You right. Know? It's like not, not athletic at all. Right. You know, I'm like, I'm like, hold on a second. Like, maybe you took some taekwondo sure right. like maybe you feel comfortable maybe it's cardio who cares but it's like right. that's not a fucking black belt that's no. bullshit because right. to them i'm sure it was just show up these many classes and we'll give you a new belt and right. show up for some more and we'll give you another one and just yeah. probably like karate where they've got like 13 14 15 belts yeah. and you're getting them all just, one up yeah, one every like, two three yeah, months just make sure you pay us the money and come in just check in we'll we'll get you a new belt this is yeah. awesome and i think a lot of you know there are a lot of gyms that do do it that way and they're uh, probably their argument is always you know well our curriculum is so refined and so set up to where you know these people can come to these classes and they'll know what they need to know in order to get to a blue belt well your definition of a blue belt and my definition of a blue belt are different that's what makes jiu-jitsu so cool is that some places think yeah all you have to do is come to 70 of my classes and you'll be a blue belt well I don't see it that way. Like I, I could care less if you train for five years, you're a white belt for five years, 
or you're a white belt for 10 years or you're a white belt for two years. That doesn't, <laughs> you're more than likely, at least training at true jiu-jitsu, you're probably going to be a white belt for a minimum of almost a year and a half, two years before you get a blue belt. That's about the standard time it okay. takes. So I just did some quick maths here. So to train every week of the year, so not even taking any time off, three times a week, get about 312-ish classes. Right. On average, to get to like a blue belt kind of level, right? So, so like a lot 70 of seventy classes, horseshit. Yeah. So a lot of gyms, you know what I mean? You you go, you sign in. You know, twenty classes is you know your first stripe, and then fifty is your second, and then sixty five is your third. I don't know if we've explained the stripes so much. Can you explain yeah. It really so quickly? stripes stripes are pretty much like some gyms don't do them. All a stripe is is a piece of athletic tape that we tear in half to put on. There's a on your jujitsu belt. There will be on the colored belts. There will be a, a black bar. So, like, on your white belt, on the very tip of one of the sides will be a black bar. It's about, it's what, four inches maybe long? Maybe four or five like inches that? long. Yeah. And what we do is, is that when you show progress, that is our way of acknowledging that we see that you are getting better. So, we give you, like, it's literally, we take a piece of athletic tape, tear it, and then tape it along that belt in four separate pieces. Creating a stripe. Creating a stripe, right, exactly. But it's so, also good to know when you're coming in, that if you're brand new, your, your, your uh, rank bar is completely blank, blank. It's, nothing it's black. On it, there's right? nothing on it right but if you see something with like three yeah they've probably like, been doing jiu-jitsu probably, probably a year good. and a half like so it's also a good way to know like hey they've got some experience it'd probably be really good to roll with them right because they're going to know a lot more than i am they're going to be able to help me right yeah so um that's that's some gyms don't even do stripes i've been in gyms where they don't do them which is fine um i like to show people i think that's like the teaching background i mean is i like to show you when i see that you're making progress and i think people should be rewarded for that i grew up getting them in jiu-jitsu i think they're important for people to get um it's important that people see that they're getting better and that i'm acknowledging that they're getting better because yeah, sometimes uh, you get lost in minutia yeah you don't feel like you're getting better again until you roll with like the brand new person like yeah. oh i've gotten a lot better this is but awesome. it's always got to be based on jiu-jitsu yeah. your promotions have always had to be based on your skill in jiu-jitsu it's not based on your you know, how much money you give to the gym every month. It's not based on, you know, uh, you know, if you give, you know, if you're a good person outside the gym or whatever the case is, it's, it's not based, it's based on the merit aspect that you are good at grappling and that you are getting better at jujitsu. That is what is important. It's not so much anything else. Yeah. So with, with class check-ins and like Faraz Ahabi, you know, talked about this is like the thing that you run into is that it really dilutes jujitsu because you have guys that are getting promoted to blue belt, purple belt. And like, I just recently had a kid come into the gym that was promoted to purple belt from another school. And I was like, well, if you're going to train here, you're going to be a white belt because his rank came from someone who's kind of suspect in the jiu-jitsu community. doesn't really know. We don't really know where his rank comes from. And I've never taken rank from anybody. You know what I mean? I've never told someone they couldn't, but this kid didn't go from like white, blue, purple. He went white, purple. That doesn't normally happen. That's that doesn't happen. Not even that's a thing. not that's not real, right? I mean, Fredson Paishow, I believe, went from purple to black. There's only ever been a couple guys that have went skipped brown. Yeah. So like some, Ga- Gabriel Moraes is like the fastest. He went blue to black in a year. Hey, uh, for a world class competitor, sure. he's three time black belt world champion, right? Some, some random, I got to train with him. Some he's random awesome. bloke in Northeast Ohio. Probably yeah, probably not, not so going to happen. Probably not going to happen. <laughs> you know, so. That, but what you do is that you dilute, and number one, you can get people hurt. Yeah. You send them to a tournament, and, they're, and they've done 
whatever, 100 classes, 70 classes, whatever. I mean, you said the average, they have to do over 300. Say they do 100. They're not even, they're a third of the way there, almost a third of the way to how many classes they should have to be a legit blue belt probably. And you send them to a tournament, they maybe haven't done stand-up. They maybe haven't learned how to like recover their guards or escape certain submissions or whatever. They can get hurt. Yeah. You can hurt them, especially if you promote someone from white to purple belt. A purple belt, in my opinion, is a professional grappler. Go to the world championships, watch the blue belts, watch the purple belts. Those guys are almost like black belts. They're so good. They're so technical. And you send some guy out there that's done jujitsu less than a year. Yeah. You can get killed. I mean, you can get so hurt. And it's not right to that person who pays money thinking that, you know, I'm learning this, I'm learning this martial art that, you know, is so effective. And in the end, it's really not that effective because they're not learning it correctly. Yeah. Again, come to the gym. We'll have white belts and wipe the floor. Yeah, man. And honestly, uh, you know, with the with the whole check in thing is that it's all it's all money based. It's all like based on, you know, making sure people because it's an incentive like, oh, well, you know, if I just make it to that 20 classes, because I think a lot of the reason they do that is because they rope you in with the promotions because, you know, when you're going to get them like no one knows yeah, when I'm going to give them stripes. Then, you have no clue. Well, then, then it becomes like, I know if I do this, then I'll, I'll get promoted. So I'll keep coming. I'll keep giving them money. So it's just it's it's a business aspect of it. And where it's like. If you provide a good service, yeah. people will want to pay you money. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to like give them false yeah. promotions yeah. to make them want to come back. Like my instructor, Mark, if you ask him like when you're going to be promoted, and I've seen him do this, like if you're like, hey, like when am I going to be a blue belt? When am I going to be a purple belt? He'll like go in his office and get like a blue belt or a purple belt or whatever color, and he'll come back and he'll be like, listen, he's like, I was going to give you this at this year's bell promotion. But now I'm going to wait till next year. <laughs> and literally like he 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 gives no fucks, man. Like and he's that way. You don't ask. That's like kind of like a taboo that's thing. That's a big no-no. It is. Like asking for promotions is a taboo. Like you don't you don't do that. But asking it's it's a way of going about it. It's being like, "Hey man, what do I need to do in order to get Better, like move towards my blue belt. That's not a bad question. No, that's a great question. That's a great question. That is a fucking where, excellent question. Because where am I lacking? What right. do I need to focus on? What do I need on? to focus on to get to that next yes. level? Absolutely. That's and that, a good question. Absolutely. It's all in how you were. If you're just like, hey, man, you know, when am I going to get my blue belt? Like, well, that's a good question, Jimmy. <laughs> I'll bet you it's going to be a lot longer yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and again, when you when you have those check-ins, um. It really just, like I said, that's the biggest word I can use. It really dilutes the brand, and it it makes jujitsu like every other martial art. And jujitsu is not like every other martial art. It it's not. It is it is much more practical, and it's the truth. Because every day you spar with someone who's giving you the maximum amount of resistance, you have to make certain positions work, and it's legit. You know. Whereas in, when you do Taekwondo, you don't really get to see if techniques work because you don't really get to spar that much. And if but you, you can't, because you yeah. can't risk the, the yeah. head damage. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Get wheel kicked in the head real hard. Yeah, yeah. like you're off. You're off for a few weeks. Yeah, you're off for a few. You weeks. You might be able to hit pads, maybe, but yeah. you might be so dizzy you're not gonna be yeah. able to. Like so, something else along with the check-ins and the, um, the, like the belt promotions and that kind of stuff is like some places it's taboo to ask upper belts to to spar. Yeah, which is ludicrous. Right. So that's something else to watch out for. Yeah. Um. Obviously, another big red flag is going to be like if your instructor isn't like uh present for class we'll say not yeah. like so much like the fact that they're there obviously but if they're not present if they're fucking around with their phone or yeah. if they're arguing with somebody or yeah. doing something stupid like 
and I've witnessed like, things like that. Oh, it's so sad. But you know, like, I've been in, I've trained in a lot of gyms around the country and trust me, like there's nothing more uncomfortable than like an instructor who argues like with their spouse or with a, not even maybe a customer, but maybe like the front desk worker in front of you while you're training. Yeah, that's like, not okay. And I'm a guest, you know what I mean? I don't even train there. You know I mean, it makes me uncomfortable. It's like every time we come into class, like you are 100% there. Like you're, you're not playing on your phone. No. You're not doing anything. No. Like it, at most you're like bringing up videos for us to like to watch. Watch right. this guy do this in this right. competition or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, and you're talking through it and going right. this and that. But it's like, you're always so present and it's yeah. such a good thing. Cause even if we're sitting around afterwards and bullshitting and yeah. doing whatever, you're not just instantly like over behind your desk, like texting or doing whatever. No, no you're fucking there. Yeah. And I think for, for jujitsu, it's fucking dangerous. Like, for example, if I were to let, let's just say that I let the guys come into the gym and I was like, all right, guys, you know, today, you know, we're just going to, um, we're just going to spar from the open guard. And I went over and got on my phone and just sat against the wall and played on my phone. Um, that's how people get hurt. Seriously. Because yeah. you're not watching. Yeah. You're not paying attention. You're supposed so, to be so instructing. Like, <laughs> well, this is the thing. Like, let's say I'm watching a technique and I see someone's leg in a compromised position, I will go and tell them, hey, don't do that with your leg. And let's say I see another person in the same fucking spot, same, same everything. I am going to stop everyone and address that and yeah. say, listen, don't do this. I've seen people do it. happens all the time in yeah, class. You yeah. do that all the time. Because it's to protect you. Yes. Because if I'm not watching, I may not ever even see that. And the next thing you know, this person rolls over their own ankle. You know, this person knee gets buckled. Yeah. So you have to, you have to pay attention and look what's going on because this is at the end of the day, we're not baking cakes, man. Like we're taking people's joints the way they're not supposed to go. Yeah. Like it's, it's a very dangerous martial art, but it's very safe as long as you have people around you that number one, you trust. And number two, like an instructor who focuses and pays attention to what's going on in the class. Like the kids, like I know the injuries are going to happen with the adults. Those are things that are going to happen, and I get that. If something were to happen to one of my kids, that would break my heart because they're like so innocent. They love jujitsu, and like you always tell them, like, listen, like today we were doing arm bars from from the mount, and I'm like, listen, if you get a hold of the submission and you sit back with the arm, you are to control the submission. And when your partner taps, like we always say, you respect the tap. When they tap, you let go. If you want to see me get pissed, hold on to the submission and don't let the guy go, and then we're gonna have a problem. So, and they know better, like they know better than to piss me off, but it's that respect, you know? So when I'm, when I'm watching them, I'm literally like, if I see someone get into the S mount real tight, my focus immediately goes on that group because I'm focused on them. Because if that kid sits back with the arm, controls it, sits back and the guy taps right away, I give him a compliment. Hey man, good job. Way to do a good job. Yeah. Way to control the position. And dare I say, there's a few things cuter. Then the little kids, oh yeah, like sparring. And oh playing, yeah, and you just running around getting so excited. Oh, yeah, I get just pumped, man. Screaming at them because oh, I love them, man. Oh my god, yeah. it's so much fun. Like it, I get excited watching. Like yeah. little kids, like light up. Like yeah, yeah I did an awesome job because yeah. you're just screaming at. Them, like, oh yeah, way to go! That's what I'm talking and about. Even, and even if they screw up, you know what I mean. Even if they screw up, if the word like if the worst thing that my kid does when he gets into the S mount is he puts his hand on the wrong side or falls back in the wrong position, but he got into the S mount clean. Okay, that's the one thing you did. Next time, fix it. Yeah. Try again. Okay, and they'll do it. Yeah. But if you yell at them, you know what I mean. Well, we like, like I'm not saying like yell at them like angrily. It's just yeah, like you're you're just excited. Yeah, yeah I know exactly. You know, it's like in the in the yeah. kids feed off. It. It's yeah. so much fun to watch. Yeah, and, and honestly, it's adorable. I love it. But again, 
when you if if you have a like I I went to college to be a teacher. That's what I wanted to be. And I I'm a teacher. I just teach jiu-jitsu. But I can tell you and this is this is a lot of people can can um relate to this is I guarantee you at some point in your life you've met someone who's either tried to be a teacher, a mentor, someone, a coach, whatever who you can tell is disinterested in what they do. And if you don't give a shit, why should, like, if I didn't give a shit about jujitsu, I just kind of showed up and let you go through the motions. If I don't give a shit, why should you? I say that to people all the time that are teachers. If your kids know you don't give a shit about what you do, why should your kids care? Yeah. It's no different. It's no different than a classroom. It's the classroom. The mat is the same thing. Like, I love jujitsu. People know that I love jujitsu. You're fiery, yeah. we'll say. I love it. And I know that that can scare some people off, mm-hmm. maybe, who don't play sports or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think I said this on the last podcast. I'll say it again. Um, when I first talked about coming back to jujitsu, right. and I was talking to you, so I was debating on going to True Art or back to East Coast where I started, right. but True Art just works better with my schedule. Everything else is more convenient. I can get more mat time, so it just right. ended up working out better for me. But I wanted to understand, like, the culture. And we had a, what, 45-minute long conversation on the phone that you took time to answer all my questions. And you said, these are great questions. Like, I can tell that you already kind of know what you're looking for. And this is great. And I really appreciate that. But I remember coming in and watching a fundamentals class. Because I think the first time I came in, I just saw, like, open mat. It was an open mat. Just rolling. Yeah. I'm like, I wanted to come back and I wanted to watch an actual class. Right. And I watched a fundamentals class. And there was a brand new girl. Never had rolled before. It was her first time ever. Right. There was two other girls in class up. Bree and Sarah, I believe. And um, and those three were kind of working together for what was a pretty complex um, position or whatever it is they were working on exactly. I don't remember 100%. I'd never seen it before, but been around jiu-jitsu enough to know, like, this isn't like super simple, like, no. arm bar stuff you're going to get right away. This isn't a scissor sweep. Yeah, this, this isn't like, the, oh, I do this, they do that. It's super simple. It's not that. And she struggled, and she didn't quite understand it. And I remember it was a Wednesday because right afterwards, open mat started, and everyone started rolling, and you took the three of them over to the corner, and you made those three drill that until they all got it. Right. And I remember when, like, the new girl, she got it, like, yes! And, like, do it again. She did mm-hmm. it again. Like, yes! And then yeah. she did it again, like, a third time in a row, like, like perfectly. Right. And I remember you stood up and you slammed your black belt on the floor. We're like, fuck yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I could be like, okay. I could see why people would be a little intimidated by that. Right. But me, having played sports all my life, I'm yeah. like, this is the kind of atmosphere that mm-hmm. I want. Like, yeah. this is how people get better. Because mm-hmm. I think I think I do that. It's not to make them feel better. I do it because you're just excited. I, yeah, I know. It's I know what it's you're like. Acting. When, I know what it's like when you have those breakthroughs, when you finally get something to work and you do it. Because I know there's I trust me. I every it doesn't matter what belt someone is. They started as a white belt. Everyone. Everyone that you see on the mat was a white belt at one time. And granted, I think wrestlers should come with a warning. But <laughs> right, they come with like a caution. So, caution shit, something run, I don't know. Those little bastards. <laughs> shit. But but but, uh, but I'll tell you that. Every single person that you see on the mat, regardless of the belt rank, blue belt and up, started as a white belt. And I know the struggles that you have to go through. And I've been there. You know what I mean? The ups and downs. And, and when you finally get that breakthrough, you, you hit a technique smooth, you know, and it, it just feels right. And it's just super slick. And that feeling that you have, and I lose my shit because I know what that feeling's like. And I get excited because 
I know what that's like. Yeah. But again, like it's it's super genuine. Yeah. It never comes across as fake. You're not just trying to pump up the class to get like no, like no. that's just you. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the, a lot of the culture there, and it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Tell you what, I think that's a great place to wrap up this podcast sure. on. Uh, do you have any kind of closing thoughts, maybe, of like uh, the need to know? Obviously, we covered a bunch of stuff, but right, like they say, like wrap everything kind of up. Yeah, man. So you know, again, if you're looking, if you're interested in getting into jujitsu, you know, regardless of where you live, you know, always call. You know, ask. You know, these questions that we kind of covered. You know, ask about you know the instructor. You know how they got started in jujitsu. Um, you know, what, what you can expect when you go into the training facility, um, the simple basis of that, of course, price isn't not, is not a bad question to ask, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, the more upfront you are about what you want to get out of jujitsu and the, the more honest you are as a student, the better you'll be able to find a gym that fits what you're looking for. So if you're looking to be a competitor, if you're looking to be a hobbyist, if you're looking to just do something, you know, for fun, um, more than likely, most Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu academies will have something for you. Um, but overall, you know, I can't recommend Jiu-Jitsu enough. Um, so if there's one thing that you get out of listening to this podcast is you see that, you know, there's a lot of things that you can learn from Jiu-Jitsu both on and off the mat. So, you know, I highly recommend it. And uh, don't waste any more time. Jump into it. Well, as a uh, newbie white belt myself here, I would say the biggest thing you can do is try some different places out. Go to a Go to a gym for like a solid month. Get to know some of the people. Get to know the culture. See how things are like. Go try another one. See if you like that one. Like try maybe like two or three that you're looking at. Obviously, that you've already kind of vetted that have good lineages that are clean. Like you've you've already kind of gone through all the big checklists and done all that stuff. Like do a lot of that. But I think the biggest thing is, is stick with it for six months. Yeah. Because you know what? The first couple of weeks are going to suck. Yes. The first months can be really hard. About month three, you're going to start to kind of feel a little bit better. My month six, you'll probably know if it's for you or not. If it's not, that's fine. Right. Go, go try some boxing. Do some kickboxing. I got to do something different. Go lift some weights. Uh, play beer pong. I don't care. Like, go do something. Have some fun. But I say give it at least six months to make sure that it fits for you or not. Because by the end of that, I think you'll pretty much know. Yeah, you'll have a very good probably within the first two to three weeks you're gonna you're gonna look at yourself and be like, is this really worth it? <laughs> and then you're gonna make that decision whether you know you're gonna stick with it or you're gonna quit. And honestly, I always tell people like, I was selling the doors over there and quitting in jujitsu. You'll you'll have good company because there are people that quit all the time. Yeah, and not to mention there's gonna be a lot of regret too. Yep. Oh yeah. Because like. You're going to come back in a year from now and say, oh, yeah, I want to get back into it. Yeah. Imagine the where people you'd be. That, the people that you used to roll with are yeah. going to be way better than you. Yeah, imagine where you'd be if you – that's my favorite thing to say. Imagine where you'd be if you didn't quit. 100%. All right, Shannon. Well, I appreciate it. Now, we had talked about uh, getting uh, Chad Kuhn back on from East Coast Martial Arts. He wanted to come back on the podcast after hearing the last one with Shannon. And I think we're going to do that probably in a couple of weeks here. For sure. So I think for that one, we're actually going to do like a Q&A. And I think we'll get something posted up on Facebook and probably Instagram maybe uh, for, for, the, for both gyms. And then people can submit questions and we can do some Q&A with uh, both of the professors and kind of see where things go from that and get some good answers for any questions you guys might have. But uh, I think we'll definitely have some fun with that in the future. So thank you again, sir. Always Absolutely. a pleasure. And we will see you guys next time. That was good. That good? That was, good. That was awesome.
All right, well, that wraps up another great episode. That was a lot of fun. There was lots of information in there. Hopefully, you guys learned something, or if nothing else, are armed with some different ideas of how to approach your friends and family with what they need to know to get started in jujitsu. Now, we will definitely be having Coach back on, like we kind of said there in the uh, closing up of the podcast. We're definitely going to be doing some more of these segments. I'm not exactly sure what all we're going to get into. Definitely some uh, some old uh, competition stories and all that kind of good stuff. Then we're also hopefully going to do some Q&A from people from the gym and or people just from the interwebs. So look for that coming soon. Now, if you guys are still listening, I greatly appreciate all the support that we've been getting on the podcast. It's so awesome. To see the numbers grow and see things just keep going up and up and up, it's it's really awesome to see. It just warms my heart. So if you guys are still with us, I can't tell you how much you mean to me. Now, I could still use your help. We need to get the show bumped up in the rankings, and what helps most with that right now are reviews. So if you could go out and leave some five-star reviews, make them creative, make them fun. Let's have a good time with this. But those really help the shows, uh, the, well, this show, get bumped up in the rankings so that new people hopefully will check it out but that is all we have time for this week so we will see you guys next time on uncensored humanity